Hey, this morning we are going to take a break from our sermon series, Engage. Uh, we will go back to that sermon series next Sunday, but I'm happy today that Blaine is with us. Yes, he is going to share, and I always like learning from him, and I like hearing what God has placed on his heart. Let's give him a warm, abundant life welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Can we get up for the worship team real quick? They just do such a good job. Yep. Um, hi, my name is Blaine. I am the youth pastor here, and it is such a huge honor to be the youth pastor. I became the youth pastor in August, so a whole five months ago, because you know I'm, and so now I'm super wise and understanding experience and all that. No, I'm kidding. Um, just kidding, by the way. Um, yeah, and so like the past five months have been so, so cool. You guys all have such cool kids, and I love hanging out with them. Um, and 2019 has been great, but I believe that 2020 is going to be even greater. I believe that God has so much more to do in the youth ministry, so much more that he can do in the youth ministry, and I'm so pumped up for what God is going to do in 2020. Um, I also want to say, please keep praying for us. I've already felt um, so encouraged um, by you guys praying for us and all these things, but just please keep it going because, good Lord, we need it, um, <laughs> but in a good way. Um, but I, yeah, it's just been such a cool thing, and your prayers are coveted, and thank you so much for already the support that you have given us. Um, can we give it up for Pastor Shane and Mary real quick? I, I um, love these guys, and they're so, so cool, and I get to meet with Shane every single week, and I've already learned so much from him, and it's, so much of a, it's such a blessing to have them. Um, as our pastors and stuff and our leaders. And God is doing such a cool thing in ALCF right now. And you guys are definitely the right people to lead it. And um, yeah, thank you so much for what you've done. Um, and also I want to say thank you for giving me this opportunity to preach because good Lord, who knows what will happen. Um, so uh, it's, yes it is. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, thank you so much for giving me a preach. It's always an honor to bring the Word of God um, to the church. And so, yeah, thank you. So here, here's my goal today, and my goal is really to fire you up and to get you to move into action. And so I'm going to be a little bit fired up to get, you, um, to get you going. So I can get some amens or hallelujahs, whatever you guys want to say. You know, get a little rowdy. So, um, and I... <laughs> and so I, so when I say, I believe that this word is very prophetic for our church. And like, so when I say prophetic, it's not like, you ever see those like midnight preachers or like, if you buy this oil for $9.99, you'll be healed. Like, right, I'm, I'm so happy that that joke worked because I could like, I could see, anyway. Um, so, no, not like when I say prophetic, not in that sense, but in a sense that I believe God is moving us into a, se a new season, and I believe that this is a word that will prepare us for that. So that's what I mean when I say that. Um, and so, and today, I believe that this is such a stake-in-the-ground sermon for me personally. Um, I believe that the devil's been stealing some joy from me in the past couple months, and I just want to put a stake in the ground and say no longer. And I also believe for you today... I also believe for you today that you guys can have the same thing, is that you guys can stick your foot in the ground and say no to the devil that he might be stealing some stuff from you. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to get started. 
Dear Lord, thank you so much for um, meeting us here today. Thank you so much for um, just who you are. And would you be with me in that not my words would be heard, but for you would be heard, God. Use me as an instrument today. Thank you so much for being with us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. So, so here is like the verse, the thing that we're going to be living at today, and that is Acts 17.6. Thanks, Pop. So, oh, so the verse, so here's the verse, and here's what it said. So these, oh my goodness, all right. So these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also, and Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. So, So here, so leading up to this point, this verse, um, disciples have come to this town and they started doing things for God and started having some really, really cool things happen in this town. Um, and and um, some people were not very happy about it. And just a quick side note is that if, if you're ever doing anything great for God, there might be something that comes against it. There might be people that come against it, but that's okay because we got God on our side. So... So, so, yeah, Jason was lodging the disciples. And so, and so people did not like what they were doing. And so people come to Jason's house looking for the disciples. But unfortunately, well, actually, fortunately, they did not find them. And so this is how they accuse the, the disciples. And they said, these men have turned the world upside down. And... In, in reality, they really weren't turning the world upside down. They were really turning the world right side up. And so this is, and this is where we get the name uprising. You guys get it? Got it? So ups, uprising, like turning the world upside down, doing something great. So um, yeah, so they were really turning the world upside down. They are restoring it to what God's original intention was. For the, for the world, that love, mercy, grace, and justice would run rampant through the world, and that the kingdom of God would re, be restored. Um, and, so, and so this whole time, leading up to Acts 17.6, the disciples are doing great things for God, but how did we get from a couple of disciples that were really, really scared in a room, like in that upper room, and they're freaking out, to being accused of turning the world upside down. And so here's where we're going to start. And that's all the way back at the beginning. And so, so we have Adam and Eve in perfect relationship with God, created in, in the image of God. But unfortunately, we done gone messed it up. And so, and so the image is split. But here's the cool thing about... Uh, sorry, sin had split the relationship. But here's the cool thing about that happening is that as soon as humanity started sinning, God started pursuing. God was searching through the garden, asking Adam, where are you? And on top of that, God then promises of one to come, one that will come and crush the serpent's head. And so... And so we then, and I, and I hate to do this, but I'm like kind of skipping over like, like a lot of the Bible when I do this, but you can read 
um, through the Old Testament of these achings and these groanings of the one to come, of this one, this Messiah figure to come and restore all of um, humanity back to God. And then all of a sudden, this character, this peculiar character, Jesus, walks in on the scene. And he's not really like anybody really expected him to be. He, and, and you can tell things have changed because blind eyes are open, deaf ears, they can hear now, and demons are starting to flee. So what the heck is going on? And on top of that, his teachings are crazy. That to love your enemies, what? And um, whoever would be great among you must serve and go low. And then... So this is insane right now. But then the greatest, the greatest act of history happens. The climax of all of history happens. God dying on the cross. The greatest act of love happens. It's absolutely amazing. And the climax of all of human history is that. And unfortunately, Jesus dies. But that is not the end of the story. The greatest uprising ever in human history happens. See what I did there? Um, (laughs) Jesus rises triumphantly from the grave with sin, death, and hell to the keys of sin, death, and hell in his hand. And what was that? No. (laughs) And anybody now who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. And, and then Jesus tells his disciples to go and to preach his name to all the people so that all men can be saved. Um, and the Spirit falls and revival is spread. And now here we are after all of this in Acts seventeen six. And here's one thing that I really want us to catch from all of this story is now that the gospel cannot be stopped. Because of what Jesus has done on the cross, the gospel cannot be stopped. The powers of darkness are defeated, and so many things have now happened. You can read through Acts, and there's these persecutions. Actually, the gospel is kind of like Crawford Hamrick. You know, too big, too fast, too strong, just can't be stopped. Sorry, I told Crawford that I was going to actually put him in every single one of my sermons. So I just have to like do it. So, so anyway, the gospel cannot be stopped. And you'll read these like these really, really cool things in um, Acts. It's like um, man tries to stop the gospel either through persecution, hardships, all these things. But then you'll read this thing, and then all of a sudden it will say, and many were added to the disciples' number that day. The, God, the man can try to stop the gospel all they want. Devil can try to stop the gospel all they want. But because of what Jesus has done on the cross, it cannot be stopped. So, and then, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But... Now, because of the gospel can't be stopped, also the purpose of God cannot be stopped, is that you might be going through it right now. You might be going through a really, really hard time right now, but I just want you to know that God is not done writing your story, and his purpose will be fulfilled through your, in, in your life. So now, through all of this, I really, really want us to catch this, is that the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is now in you. And so his resurrection power is in us 
and it gives us the opportunity to turn the world right side up. And so where do we go from here? And so I have four points or so, and they're going to be up on the screen. Um, Haley had to change them because my grammar was bad. So, but the first one is, um, I have to read this. We fight from victory, not for it. So Christ has won the victory. And I am not fighting for victory from my life. I'm fighting from the victory from what Jesus has done for me. I think sometimes we walk in defeat as Christians or walk in defeat because of what has happened in our lives. But I want you now to walk in victory and in confidence over what Jesus has done for you. Could you imagine what, we would, what it would be like if we would marinate on what Jesus has done for us or just think about constantly of all what Jesus has done on the cross and the resurrection, how much it would change and how much the assurance and hope that we would be given. And so the second thing that it would, would happen is that we would act. And so like knowing this stuff, doesn't it just build your faith in what God can do through your life? And like, so I act and I do things because I want to bring the kingdom of God here and it cannot be stopped. I mean, don't we see the, the things happening in this world? Don't we, aren't we not brokenhearted by some of the things that happen? But I believe that because of our understanding of what Jesus has done on the cross, I am not running away from darkness. I run to it, saying that we have the answer, and the answer is Jesus. I, and I think about the, like, the prayer stations. Is that I, like going to Baltimore and the things that the shootings that have happened? It's not that I run away or cower from the darkness. It's know that I have the light of Jesus, and these places need it more than ever. And so that's why I'm going. And so, and then the third thing is we believe God for great things. That God can do way more than we ever ask, think, or imagine. It's, it builds my anticipation of what God can do when I know what he has done on the cross. An anticipation that God's got this, that I just believe that like when we know these things, that our faith will grow collectively as a church, as a body, and we will believe that God can change this city, and God can change this city through us. And so my faith is now built because of what I know has happened on the cross. And I also, in that your family will be changed by Jesus, because sometimes that makes, makes, like, you have to have a lot of faith for that, because you know your family, you know? No. And, and, and also when we believe God for great things, I think it changes our confession. Like, I am not negative anymore about my situations in life. I have positivity. I believe that what you speak of your life has a huge weight on how you look on life and sometimes what happens in life. I am now positive of the things that will happen. I may, go th- may, may be going through it right now, but my confession is that God's got me and that he will keep me and s- secure me. And now moving in to our fourth point is we persevere. Um, Right now I'm talking a lot about like the promises and the promises of God. Um, Right, 
And, and all these things are good and true. And yeah, and I want us to know that, but I feel like when we do great things for God, that there will be things that we experience much like the disciples experience, persecutions and hardship. And I think we need to cling to the hope of Jesus in the cross. And I, I was watching this thing with Timothy Keller, and he, they were asking him, how does he stay hopeful? How does he keep going? If you guys don't know who Timothy Keller is, he's a well-known pastor. Um, and he says, I cling to the hope of the future day when Christ returns, in that I am working for justice to bring to this earth and that people will return to Jesus. But sometimes it falls short, unfortunately. But I know that one day Christ will return and reset all this and that I think we need to cling to our future hope. And also here's another hopeful message. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9. Do you guys remember this song? For I am crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. You guys remember that? Okay. Oh, you guys, I understand. I grew up in church, you know, Sunday school and stuff. Anyway, here we go. Second Corinthians 4, 8, 9. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. The devil tried to stop me, but I am on God's side. The devil tried to come up with these things. Man tried to stop what was going on, but I am on God's side. I may be taking some hits, but God is still with me, and I am built back up in his presence. And that's so cool that Jesus is with us all the time. And that even though we may experience hardships in our time, that God is always still with us and that his plan is being worked out through all of this. And, and so when we, and so we have those four points and we're believing things for great, great for God to do things, for God to do great things. Um, but the, here's, here's where I really, really want to hit in that through all of this and through all of um, doing great things for God and helping his kingdom come to this earth, I don't want us to miss who it's all about. I think like we can't miss Jesus. I, I think as a young pastor, it's so easy to get caught up in all the wrong things. It's so easy to get caught up in like, how many people are there? Was it a good thing? Was everything okay? Um, but and maybe I'll miss the fact that it's all about Jesus and that that's why I'm doing this thing and that's why I've been called. And so I plea with you that we don't miss Jesus through all of this. And so we're going to read Acts 3, 1 through 9 real quick as an example of a story like this. Oh, goodness. I lost it. All right, we got it. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to... Did I just read that? No. And Peter directed his gaze at him, 
as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. So I want you to look at this statement. Is it still up there? I don't know. Oh yeah, okay. So this statement, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise, rise up and walk. This is all we got. This is all you got. This is all I got. And that is Jesus. I I don't try to fool anybody. Like, I am young and inexperienced. Um, and maybe that's not the greatest thing to say to your church. But um, as, like, as a youth pastor, is that, and I think I quickly discovered this, is that I might not have all the answers. I might not um, say all the right things. But all I'm trying to do is point these people these kids to Jesus. And that's my only job is not to sell people on me, but it's to sell people on Jesus. And so my only job is to point people to Jesus. And now that we've established that is that anybody can reach anybody. You guys can reach anybody. No one is too far gone from the gospel. Everybody can be reached. I want us to read 2 Corinthians um, 1, 4, and 5. Who comforts us in all of our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. The comfort of Christ, the comfort that has been given to you can now be comforted, now comforts any affliction, any affliction. And so my job in giving people Jesus is to anybody. It's not, I, I don't have to go through something, I don't have to be somebody, I don't have to be brushed up and polished to reach people for Jesus. Anybody can reach anybody through what Jesus has given us. And the cool thing about this, and the cool thing about God doing great things through our lives is that he gets all the glory. Is that when, when people look at what we've done or some of the things that God has done, it's not that I get it, it's not that you get it, it's that God gets everything in the glory. I think it's such a cool thing that <laughs> people may look at us and be like, there's no way that could happen. And you're right, you're right, but it's all through God that it can. And so when we look through Acts 3, we see that people were amazed and shocked at what had happened. I don't think Peter and, you know what I mean, like men cannot touch somebody and pull them up and they all of a sudden instantly be healed. It is only through God that they can be healed. And so the only job that Peter and James has was to tell them about Jesus as Jesus. And, and this might be like, 
I don't want to say stupid prayer because you guys, you know, those prayers that you're like, God, take my life, all that I am, like, and then you regret it later. Like, you know what I'm talking about? And like, <laughs> well, like, it's good. Like, it's good. I'm not saying it's not good, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes you regret those. Anyway, so one of those prayers I have is that God would give me something bigger than my gift, is that, that I may be praying for something, but if God gives me something bigger than my gifts, whatever that may be, is that he is doing it through me, that there is no question of who is doing this. And so God gets all the glory through that. And so now we need you in the game. We need you in the game. We need your gifts, your talents, your abilities, all the things that you can do. God has a purpose for each and every one of you here. God has given us all a part to play. And I do mean all of us. There is no th- nothing hindering you from helping us, from helping the kingdom of God. I look into this family, this church, and I do see people that can turn the world upside down, right side up, sorry. <laughs> and I pray that we are the people to do that. Um, and so I have one like final challenge slash encouragement to give you. And I want to go right back to Acts 17.6. Okay, I hate to say this, but it's not up there. I might be a different version, but that's okay. I'm just going to read it to you. <laughs> so at the end of the verse, it says this. And this is the world turning right side, eye, right side up idea. And it's this. The disciples are saying, they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And that's the turning the world right side up idea and thought. And so, Jesus is Lord, or you could say it another way, is that Jesus is Lord and money is not. Or Jesus is Lord and success is not. Or Jesus is Lord and Blaine is not, which we all thank God for that. <laughs> and it's such, it's such a hard thing to grasp. It's such a hard thing to, it's a hard pill to swallow that I am not the Lord of my life. But that's what turns the world upside down. And then here's the encouragement for you, is that Jesus is Lord and cancer is not. Jesus is Lord and racism is not. Jesus is Lord and injustice is not. Jesus is Lord, fill in the blank, and whatever is not. And so we have the final answer. Jesus has the final victory. And he is Lord, whatever you may be going through, whatever you may be seeing, and that he has got this. And so that's where I end. I do really want to say this. Whenever I preach, I always want to give an opportunity as this, is that we might be, like the things that we do, why I preach, why I do all these things, and I've talked a lot about Jesus today, but it's all because of Jesus. And you know, a lot of people think that Christianity is morals and character, or you have good character and things, but really, it's all to meet and encounter Jesus. The 
Character and morals kind of come later when you keep spending time with him. But I want you guys all to know today is that you guys can meet Jesus too today. And you may, I don't know how you want to do it. You can talk to somebody, one of our leaders. Um, you can do it prayerfully in your seat. Um, but tell somebody about it. Let somebody know that you have made this decision to follow Jesus. It's all about him. And all these things that we do, we just try to point to him. So let me pray. And then, yep. Dear Lord, thank you so much for what you have done for us on the cross. And all these great things. May we live and remember your power. Thank you so much that you met us here today. And the things that you have done today. Um, We pray all this in your mighty name. Amen.